Good morning and welcome back to another edition of Master Your Finances presented by Certified Wealth Management and Investment. I am Kurt Baker, a certified financial planner professional located in Princeton, New Jersey, and I'll be hosting your show today. Uh, should you have any questions, uh, I can be reached through our website, which is www.cwmi.us, or you can call me directly at 609-716-4700. And today we're very pleased to have back with us uh, Debbie Schaefer, also known as Mrs. G. <laughs> uh, she was on here a while back. I didn't realize it's been four and a half years. Oh, I, it's just I, the time is just flying. Where it feels like go? feels like just yesterday. Um, and she is a third-generation owner of Mrs. G's Appliance, and she was recruited by her grandmother in 2000 to, to run the business. Debbie uses the same philosophy of her grandparents, uh, taking care of the customer, having a great selection of brands in the showroom, and keeping the long tradition of supporting the community and local charities. She is nationally recognized in the industry and an authority on appliances. And like her grandmother, Debbie can always be found at her desk at the sales floor. So she can be available to her customers. You're That's always right. there. Yes. You might be running around a little bit, That's but you're right. definitely there. That's right. <laughs> Kurt, thank you so much for having me back. It's exciting. Yeah. Um, so yeah. What, so what's been? I know a little bit's been going on since then, and I think one of the things that you're known about is you're like the, a huge advocate for for shopping local. Yes. Which um, you know, I, I guess we could talk a little bit about that about the fact that you're a third generation company. And it's pretty amazing. Most companies don't last three generations. Kind of the first one makes the money. The second one kind of holds on to it. And the third one tends to trail off a little right, bit, right? It's kind right, of like right. this three is kind of the tradition. But that's not at all what Mrs. G's is doing. You guys have made a lot of progress. You're continuing to grow the brand and really kind of holding to your core values. So what do you think is a little bit different about how you guys did it and maybe how others did it? What, what are some things you can well, teach us? I, it's all about the relationship. And uh, so... Um, if we didn't have our customers, we wouldn't be in business. And so it's really keeping a, a great relationship with them, but also a great team. I mean, a great team in any business, whether you're in retail or right here at Ryder and here in the radio um, spot, that uh, it's all about the people that are here, um, people on my team that uh, really makes the, um, the business shine um, and being part of the community, being out there in the community too. Um, you know, going to chamber events, going, having, or, um, you know, charitable events in our store, you know, um, we, we love to sell. We love to, you know, obviously it's, it's growing our business and, um, selling appliances, but it's also, um, giving back to the community and, um, you know, just, uh, having the relationships is great. Yeah. No, that's true. I mean, I belong to the chamber as well, and I know we see each other like all the time. All it the feels time. like, and, and you're involved right. in lots of other things, and you're very, very involved in the fabric of the community. And I think that's one of the, you know one of the things I think we want to make clear is that sometimes people think if you're a small local business, and a, and a big company comes in, you're kind of doomed, right? Because right. you hear about all you hear about all these places where like some of these big stores come in, and all of a sudden like wow, the, the locals are struggling, and honestly. They're at a disadvantage if you really think about it, because they don't know you. Their corporate headquarters is probably in another state somewhere. You can't talk to the. You can't really. There's no relationship, right? Right. Absolutely. That's that's really the differentiator is um, how we establish relationships. And it's not just me. Mm -hmm. I have a team of people that are also out on the road um, creating relationships as well as creating the relationship with the customer who walks into the store. Mm -hmm. um, but we've been around. This is our 84th year, if you wow, could believe it. Amazing. 1935, we started in Trenton. 
uh, back in the day. And uh, so celebrating 84 years, uh, and a, a lot of people don't know this either, is we have 24 full-time employees. Wow. You know, so there's, when you're talking retail, especially when you're talking a single store retail, there is a depth of uh, employees, meaning, meaning you've got your frontline sales staff, you've got your managing staff, you've got people in the back room, mm -hmm. you know, who are, who are doing the ordering, doing the marketing, uh, um, and doing this, the customer service, which is so important. Um, in our business, it's a service business. Not only do we, you know, sell, but we also install. Um, and then it's, and then we talk about how do we differentiate um, with competition. We all have so much competition. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not just in the appliance business, in all businesses. Um, in today's world, there's just so much competition. Um, and so we have to figure out how do we differentiate ourselves. And I always say um, we take care of the customer before, during, but especially after the sale. So that's where the customer service is really, really important is that taking that call Two months, three months, you know, maybe even five years after they purchased the appliance. If they have an issue, we're going to help them take care of it and get it taken care of as quickly as possible. And so I think that's really, um, you know, a, a big differentiator a, as well. Um, so, you know, then you have the warehouse and you have uh, warehouse employees, you have stock employees, you have, you know, drivers. Um, and installers themselves, you know, so it, it goes on and on. It's a, and it's a wonderful business. I'm uh, every day I wake up and I I love it. I mean, I lo I love solving problems. Right. That's really uh, that's really it, especially for that older customer who um, maybe can't really do a lot of the things that come very easy to us. We have a beautiful community, and especially the older customer who has been shopping at Mrs. G's for all those, for all those years, um, and uh, I really love helping, helping them, uh, you know, when they need to, uh, when they need to change a refrigerator, a washer dryer, et cetera. So I'm, I'm going to make a guess that that's the way your grandmother was. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So she was able to pass along kind of that culture. And we hear a lot about how really the culture of the business really makes a big difference, right? Because not just the employees and not this, the, the, the clients that you're servicing, but also the employee culture as well. So how do you like cultivate that culture that when something happens, um, and I'll just briefly tell my own little experience. We were installing something at my home from you guys, and there was an issue, and, the, and they couldn't, we couldn't resolve it right that minute. And he started driving away, and we resolved it on the phone. He actually came back, and we resolved it. So it was right. kind of like it wasn't like, oh, we have to reschedule in a week from now. It was like that evening. Right. They literally turned his truck around, came back. Right. And we finished. Right. I know that. I know that wouldn't have happened at a at a larger store. It just wouldn't have because there's a scheduling process. And like, oh well, you broke out of our system, so now you got to go. Now we got to bring you back into the day, and we would have been without the appliance for several more days. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, it's it's all about sol solving the problem, get, you know, and finding a solution. This Finding but, the solution, getting it done. But how do you get your employees to, to like love that? I mean, or is it about employee selection? I mean, it sure. Is, I mean, how do you get that culture? Because not every business is like that. We all know that right. you go in and you're like, do they even like know that I'm here to like spend my money? I mean, you you have to wonder sometimes. You walk out of a, some businesses, you're like, do they want me to come back or not want me to come back? You have to kind of think for a minute, right? Well, I think we all we all talk about it, you know, in the showroom, and okay. so we all want to make we all hire those. You know, for for new employees, we we do make it clear that we're, you know the customer comes first, 
and whatever we can do um, to take care, you know, to take care of them. So it really is, you know, talking with our employees. We, we meet every other week uh, about these situations, mm -hmm. um, how we could always do better. Like we could, there's always room for improvement, no matter what we do. And, um, and, and we, and we also highlight all the great things that have happened that okay. week too, to, to remind you know everyone that they're doing such a great job, um, especially when they have some tricky situations that uh, you, you could have had um, for an install. Well, that's a little bit different because I know I, 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 I never worked for a large corporation for a long period of time, so I can't speak from personal experience, but I can tell you my wife would come and say, gee, we went to this meeting. All I talked about was everything went wrong. And yeah. it was like there was not a lot of conversation about, well, okay, we had two or three things, three things that went wrong. Yes, we need to fix those. But they didn't talk about the 100 things that went right that week. Right. right. And it's a little bit like depressing, right? You could be doing a great, you could be doing 98% success rate and you walk into a meeting and feel like, wow. I guess right, I'm not right, doing right. such a great job. That's right. You have to really, you have to pat everybody up, pat, really um, pat them on the back and say what a great job they're doing because at the end of the day, we're growing. Right. And, and we're, you, you know, things do happen. No one's perfect. And, um, um, but, you know, even, even some manufacturers aren't perfect, you know, it's just, right. it, it just, what happens, uh, you know, uh, you make a delivery and, and an appliance has damage for whatever reason, you know, um, but the, the, you know, things happen, um, and how we correct them as fast as possible. Um, but most important, those are so far, you know, they're not a big percentage of our business because, you know, if you go on our reviews, you can see like, so many people are so happy, you know, with their um, appliances. And so what I what I love to do is when people post a review, and I always hope that they mention that particular staff member, whether it's the salesperson or the driver or the installer, so that I can go back and say, look what a great job you did. Look at this great review. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, uh, it, it's worth a lot. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I want to talk a little bit more about how you do your marketing and how you compete with the big boys and how you get those kind of review okay. things coming. I think okay. that's a great story. We'll be right back. Yeah. Welcome back. You're listening to Master Your Finances. I am Kurt Baker here with Debbie Schaefer, also known as Mrs. G. Um, and she's been telling us a little bit of the background of the store and how she really um, has cultivated a culture which started with your grandmother and has continued that on. And, and really key, I think, personally, is really um, is inspiring that culture within any business, no matter how big or how small. Those are the ones that right. continue to be successful. People want to work there. And, um, and if people love to work there, the, the people that are going to, um, the customer has to work there. And a lot of times you hear this like, you know, the customers first, and they are first, but but you really got to take care of the employees. Absolutely. People forget about that little piece. Absolutely. You can't skip over the employee to get the customer. You got to go through the employee to get the <laughs> customer. We all have to be there, right? right. Otherwise, they're not going to be happy. You're absolutely right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So um, before we, we ended, you were just talking a little bit about, and you touched on it a little bit, so and I think this is important, is one of the ways you're great at marketing. Thank you. Right? You're, a, you're local small business, <laughs> yeah. and sometimes small business like this is overwhelming, right? right? You know, you got a large store that's a franchise all over the country, maybe the world. You know, they got a whole company probably dedicated just trying to help them right. market it. And you're kind of like got a couple of people in the back room kind of doing their thing, but you can do it, right? So right. kind of tell us what you go through as far as how you get the marketing part done and then how you get that customer feedback piece, because I think that's really critical yeah. in the world of social media and kind of the online review world. So 
So can you kind of break that down a little bit for sure, us? How you sure. do all that? So for the marketing, um, let's so obviously let's talk about the social. So I was very lucky to get. Um, involved in social marketing back in 2009. So um, that was having, being an early, you know, an early leader with that, um, I was able to um, really learn, you know, what was what was working, what wasn't. So, and of course, Facebook is really big and Instagram is, is big. Mm -hmm. um, LinkedIn is the new Facebook as far as I'm concerned. Um, and those are what I call, uh, and Twitter, of course, uh, um, and Twitter is very big. And um, each has its own um, market, you know, the demographic, meaning, you know, who's watching the, the LinkedIn channels, who's watching, which is more on the business side, who's watching uh, the Instagram channel, more on the photo stylish side. And then, of course, Facebook, and as I see it, is the community, is mm -hmm. really our community. And um, so organically, um, I do handle that myself. Mm -hmm. um, I feel that it has to be, it has to be authentic and uh, it truly does come from me. Yes, it does take, I will tell you, it takes time, mm -hmm. um, but I'm an early riser and I do everything anytime between 5.30 and, and I would say seven in the morning, I'll do most of my social between okay. that time before work starts. Um, sometimes at night, you know, I'll also do that. Um, you'll sometimes find me in during the day, but not too often because I'm busy, you know, taking care of business. But right. um, LinkedIn, um, this is what I say. Everybody's my customer in my community. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, those who are in business, they're on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And um, but it's not salesy. You know, right. it's really about running a business. And it, you know, it's this, it's that um, we, we see in marketing brand yourself, brand your business. So I'm on LinkedIn. I'm branding myself, but it's really branding the business. Um, I would for those of you who are not strong on LinkedIn, I'd highly recommend just really getting on there um, and learning the 101 of LinkedIn to if you want to build your brand, do it on LinkedIn. Um, and uh, reviews uh, are in, in it are so important to everyone. And um, depending on your business, reviews come from different areas. For us, um, it's a Google review because when people are shopping for appliances, or if they 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 might even be looking for us, you know, online. Um, the Google review will come up right away. Mm -hmm. And uh, I cannot tell you, for those people who are not from the community, who don't know Mrs. G's, that moved in here from Bristol Myers Squibb or from many of the big, wonderful corporations that we have here, and they need an appliance, first thing they're going to do is they're going to look online right. um, to, you know, where to, or they're going to ask the realtor. <laughs> true. <laughs> so, That's very true. So we're very connected to the real estate, um, wonderful real estate group that we have here. Um, and uh, so they're going to read, they're going to find us online, and then they're going to read the reviews. And uh, so it's very important to have that on there. Uh, I cannot tell you how many people, even people that who know us, um, but that haven't been shopping for a while for appliances and they read the reviews. Um, I would say 99% of those reviews are great, but things happen, we're not perfect. And some of those reviews are tough to read 
Um, but I will tell you, I, I address every single one. I do a follow-up before I address them. So if I don't know what about the situation, I learn what happened and I address them accordingly. And I will tell you that I've had so many people come into the store that have said, not only have read your great reviews, but I love the way you respond to those negative ones. They are, and to me, they're as important to, to respond to them properly as it is to respond to the, um, to the ones that are positive. And, uh, and they have to be fresh. That's why you always have to uh, make sure that, that uh, your customers are doing it. And the only way they're going to do it is you ask them okay. for the review. And how do you go about that? I was going to ask it. So how do you actually ask them? At what point in the process do you say, you know, can you please do a review? Or, I mean, how do you do that process? Because a lot of companies are like, yeah, I'd love them to do these reviews, but I'm not really sure, like, how I do that um, as far as in the process itself to get them to, to actually go and fill this out. So there are – there um, the, the, our practice is to bring the reviews up uh, – uh, at least one or two times during the sale, ask them, have you read our reviews? Um, Cause they are so, you know, uh, so important to us, uh, especially to, to the, to the sales um, professional who is helping the, you know, she, he, they actually um, have some of the reviews at their desk. You know, oh. did you read this review? So nice, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and so again, it's just to keep it out there to remind about how reviews are important to us. Um, we also do have um, an email that we send out um, after uh, the sale um, so that it's easy um, to post a review. Um, and uh, there's also someone in a, our uh, store that will also call to make sure that everything was okay with the delivery the, you know, after a few days. And we'll also remind you, we would you know, love to hear your experience, you know, if you have time to post a review. Okay. So quite a few times, um, trying not to cross the line and be annoying, but, but, um, but enough times to remind them that um, reviews are important to us. You know, I think it is a fine line. I just remember, I think the car dealers who stopped this, I go, well, we're going to do a review, but it has to be like a five-star review. Otherwise, I mean, they, they, it's like, I feel like I'm high pressured into, right. you're almost like getting like, whoa, slow down here, dude. You have, we haven't finished the process yet. Right, right. <laughs> I don't know whether there's a five-star review yet. Right. Because we know that you can, you can just tell by the way they're doing it that there's some incentive somewhere, you know, down the right, line if they, right. if they don't get these things done. Um, but so I think it's, I think it's one thing about being local and the fact that you can, you're, you're real. You really want to know the feedback and you really want to know what they're thinking because you can make adjustments, right? Right, right. And you can, you can figure out these things. Um, I think another thing that people don't realize about small businesses locally, I want to make sure that we address is that they think because you're a smaller company and you're competing against like some companies, some of which are no longer around, <laughs> that you're some pricing disadvantage. Can you explain how that, all that works so people understand that that's not that's not really a disadvantage because of the way you guys do it. Yeah. So, uh, independent appliance uh, stores all over the country, we actually collectively band together um, as a buying organization, and it's actually fifteen billion dollars in buying power. There's about in in the Northeast. Um, it's called NECO, Northeast Cooperative Organization, and there's about four. Four, four or five groups in that organization, one being um, Appliance Dealer Cooperative, which is right here about a half hour from our, um, from our store. And 
it's a subgroup of these big corporations, uh, big um, uh, organizations where we collectively buy General Electric, Whirlpool, um, uh, Frigidaire, uh, Bosch, et cetera. So we have the buying power as good as the big box stores mm -hmm. do. So that's why when you go online and we're just one store, but you see that our prices are all in line with all of the big box stores, that's how we do it through the cooperative buying group. And uh, we have our warehouses are only um, about a half hour away uh, from the appliance dealer cooperative. And so what that allows us to do is not only have our warehouse here, but we also have their warehouse that we can um, feed off of. So if you come in on a, on a Sunday and you need a washer desperately, you if we have it available, you could have it the next day. Right. I mean, it's amazing that we can offer next day delivery. It's just fantastic. No, it's great. I know everything you delivered to me was like the next day. Next we, day. Believe me, when, when your wa dishwasher yeah. doesn't work, your washer doesn't work, you're like, ah. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I know, I know. It's panic time. How about with the microwave? People don't realize how devoted they are to their microwave until they don't have a microwave anymore. That's right. All right. We've well, been listening to Master Your Finance. We'll be right back. Uh, welcome back. You're listening to Master Your Finance. I'm Kurt Baker, a certified financial planner professional here with uh, Debbie Schaefer, the owner of Mrs. G's. And uh, we're talking about, like, uh, this great business, right? And um, I think, uh, you know, in, in um, really communicating with your uh, employees and, and inspiring them through the reviews, I think that's a great thing. And, yep. like, really kind of highlighting those and, and, and really letting your customers know how important the reviews are to you. Right. Even if it's a negative feedback because you want to fix it. Exactly. So I want to know it. Right, so if you're doing things right, 99% of the time, you, you want to, well, what's that one percent we're making? Let's maybe we can fix that, right? And do it better. Exactly. Yep. So it's important, and, it, and it's important to highlight when people do things right, and, and obviously learn something when you don't do things um, correctly. I know there's some other challenges out there that I've seen, you know, especially with like, um, you know, the labor force and all these things we've been talking about from a macro perspective right, right. that we seem to be missing a little segment, which I think a lot of people would love to be involved in, but we don't talk about it very much. You want to address that uh, as far as the challenges that are out there and how maybe we can try to address it a little bit better? Absolutely. So in my business, the skilled labor jobs, where there is, especially in New Jersey, there are not, there are so many openings um, for this position and not enough, and not enough people that want to do it. And it's a great job. Um, and it's a high paying job. Um, and you can even have an entrepreneurial spirit with that. You know, once you get this skill, you might even want to start your own business. So um, I certainly saw a lack um, of that, but especially for women. I mean, today uh, we're, in a, we're in a time where women can really do anything and they can be anything they want, but they have to be inspired by something to go into the skilled labor, especially mm -hmm. younger, like even in, in the high schools or earlier. Because um, what happens is they don't know that that's available to them. Um, I, I have a little story to tell. A lot of people don't know about it, but I'm actually a civil engineer by education. Um, my family uh, 
I was always very good in math, and uh, and my family was doing some um, construction projects. Uh, even though they were in the appliance business, they also invested in some construction project and was very interested to me. And I ended up going into that field, um, studied that in college, University of Michigan, um, and and did that for quite a few years before my family brought me into the appliance. Um, store. So I know what it is to be in the trades. I wore a hard hat, you know, um, I worked in New York City. And so um, I want to see more girls, mm-hmm. you know, go into the trades. So I finding that that's something that I'd like to mentor um, and um, find my place uh, where I can encourage girls to go into those jobs. And that, and so I've been doing a little research um, in the Mercer, uh, Mercer County area and have um, established a nice, wonderful relationship with the Mercer County Technical School, um, spending some time learning um, what they're doing there. Um, and um, they they love the idea that I want to be um, an advocate for them mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and, and speak to their girls, uh, maybe do some mentoring over there. So I'm very excited about that. Um, I've hosted... Uh, at the store, um, at Mercer County Technical School, they have an adult program as well um, at night uh, where you can get your plumber's license and some other things. You know, they have the culinary school there, et cetera. Uh, so I host the plumbers. I had This was my second year. And uh, I was so excited to see a, a woman um, in the class. There was about 18, mm-hmm. 18 um, students, but adults you know, there. And um, I went up to her and I started talking to her and she was uh, so wonderful and had always wanted to be a plumber. And her, her family told me, I mean, she, she told me that her family um, insisted that she go to college right. and she did go to college. Um, but when she finished, uh, she wanted to get her plumber's uh, license. She's working in the maintenance for one of the very big uh, global corporations here has wonderful people who work for her and um who who she works for and the other day she uh i told we connected and um switched emails and everything i said i want to keep stay in touch i was telling her i was wanting to do more mentoring and um but i was still in a learning curve of seeing what's available out there and the other day she emailed me and said that she's going to be keynote speaking at like an eighth grade graduation in her um, high school, in her middle school where she lives. Amazing. And she was so excited. And I just felt, you know what? That's exactly my calling to really, you know, help mentor her. I, I feel like I want to be there, you know, and talk mm-hmm. to her. I'm going to meet her next week at her at her job and and. Uh, you know, I think that it's great. You know, the, you know, I just want, I feel like I want girls to have someone to talk to, that they can do anything, and uh, we need more of that. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And, and I, I always say this is that you really have to do what you love. Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately, sometimes we get kind of funneled into certain areas just because of where we live or what maybe our parents did. But you have to kind of learn what you like to do because once you get out in the workforce, you're going to be doing an awful lot of it. So if you really want to be in the trades, they are great jobs. I think people start to, you know, they kind of dismiss those a little bit, right? And I, and I don't think that's correct at all because they are very highly in demand and they are well-respected, I think, you know, and so I think we need to really promote that. I think one thing I notice is, like, 
when our kids went through school, there was no like in middle school. I had a shop class, right? I don't. And I, we had like all these interactive classes, home ec, where you actually learned like hands-on kind right, of things. Right, right, right. I don't remember them doing that kind of stuff, like you know, actually like swinging a hammer. I don't and think all, they, they. I don't. Uh, no, they did any. A of that. lot of uh, high schools uh, don't have that anymore. But the Mercer County Technical School, you know, has a lot of programs mm-hmm. like that. That you know, if you live in Mercer County. Um, you're going in, you're in the high school, you can use, okay. uh, you know, some of the, you can go to some of the classes. And then it doesn't mean that, you know, if you're going to the technical school, you're not going to go to college. Right. Uh, you know, I think you can do either or, you know, um, it, it's just sort of, you know, learning something, learning the, cul- the culinary program is unbelievable. And to be in the, in the culinary arts today, I mean, you can be managing restaurants you can own a restaurant you can be a chef i mean there's so many areas that you can go into um learning that trade and but you know it might just start off taking a class at at uh, the school so um but i think it's really important to 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 tell the kids especially the younger kids of all these great jobs out there um, high-paying jobs. I mean, fixing appliances. I mean, <laughs> there's not <laughs> enough people out there that know that really know how to fix appliances. Right. And um, and and so I think it's it's something, especially girls. I think they, you know, we we have to find a way to to inspire and encourage them to go into some of these jobs. I agree because they want to do it and they they feel like, well, that's not something I'm supposed to do, right? right, So you have to kind of change the uh, the attitude towards that. If it's really something you want to do, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. You know, that just doesn't matter. So just go for it, right? Right, right. Learn about it. And I think it's great that, so you can go to these, these classes there like while you're in high school and things like that. So you can learn a little bit. And then figure out whether you like it or not. And you can try things. Exactly. And even when you get into the workforce, even like what you do, you were a civil engineer for several years and you decided you wanted to come back to the business, we, right? People right. do make career changes. So if you're in a career you're really not thrilled about, you just don't get up in the morning and say, gee, you know, this is like what I like to do. And it's like, maybe I should try these other things. You can go to an adult class here and learn maybe about plumbing or culinary arts and things right. like that. And then say, okay, yeah, or maybe no, right? Maybe the answer might be no too. Right, right, but right. But at least you can test it. Exactly. And see what that might actually look exactly. like before, because you, so you don't have to leap off. Exactly. You can, you can learn a little bit about it. Exactly. So, so yeah, yeah, education and exposure. I mean, it's great. So um, so where, where do you think we're going as far as this trend line goes? I know we have to get these more people tra- trained, right? So what are we seeing here in New Jersey, I guess? Is it is it because we, we, I get worried, right? Like, I want to make sure if my plumbing breaks that there is a plumber to come to my house. That's right. <laughs> I, in a timely manner. Uh, they'll right, come. Yeah, not in two weeks. They, exactly, <laughs> because they are, they're, they're booked. Um, right. You know, if your refrigerator dies, you know, and doesn't work, and you, you need somebody out right away to fix it. Right. Um, so uh, I think where it's going is they need more people like me, and not just not just women, but, you know, um, um to to just go out there and really encourage and um to for students to to think about these jobs right. and, because they're they're great jobs right. um fixing things and you know you, you how about the auto i mean right. uh, there's wow. the the program there um you can you can Take a class at the, you know, being in high school, you know, might like the class. And then the next thing you know, you're working for the an 
you know, one of the car dealers, and then you're running the service department. Those are very department. technical, too. People, people think those are really easy jobs. Those are not easy those jobs. Those are not. <laughs> and they're high-paying jobs. They are very and, high-paying. And, you know, then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're running the service department. And right. you know what? Maybe you'll go off and run your own business. Right. I mean, um, you know, these are, these are all great jobs, jobs that are needed. And right. I think they just get a bad rap, you know, to, um, you know, to, to go into other jobs, uh, you know, right here in the skilled labor force. I mean, and, and that's why we don't want to, that's why they don't want to use vocational school. And just that, that some words just have even, you know, uh, labor, you know, right. uh, you know, skilled jobs. You want, want to take the labor out. It's right. skilled jobs is really, um, yeah. you know, you just want to, you want to take that bad rap away. I, yeah. I agree. I agree. It's it's much, and I think we're informing students younger, so they they see it as an option. Because unfortunately, we tend to be channeling it into these like Ivy League things, and I mean, which is fine for some people, but not everybody is going to do be a lawyer or a doctor. There's a lot of other jobs out there, and you want to be happy at what you're doing too, and you can get paid very well. Yeah. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Master Your Finances. Welcome back. You're listening to Master Your Finances. I'm Kurt Baker with uh, Debbie Schaefer, the uh, owner of Mrs. G's. And we would talk about what a great profession this is, being an independent local business owner and how you have that leverage of co-oping with all your other peers around the country for that buying power and how you get to enjoy like personal relationships with your community. You're really embedded as far as charitable giving and so forth. And um, Something happened a few years back that I think was kind of traumatic for a small business owner, right. which I think you want to tell us a little bit of the story about. Mrs. G's have been in one little location for a very, very long time. I remember when I first moved here in the late 80s that you were there, small little you know, store, modest store, you did a lot of business, but you know, and then you ended up transitioning to another location. So can you tell us the process you went through as far as deciding whether to build where you were and to move and what, what, how that whole process worked and what you'd Obviously, we decided to do. Okay, so I can't. So it was actually uh, five years ago that we moved, just about the same time that we had um, our last time that we were uh, talking with each other. And uh, yeah, so we were developing the property. Uh, we were on a property that was 16 acres, uh, and so um, when we had to move, we at the originally I was going to stay on the property, but I would have had to have moved off for three years as they were developing this property. Mm-hmm. And it's not like moving a jewelry store. It is, uh, you know, it's an appliance store and a big one at that. So, um, so I may, I I had the opportunity not too far, um, of, um, moving into a great location with great parking. Um, but I had to live in a temporary warehouse, which was going to be my new warehouse until the new showroom was completed. Um, so I did make the decision to move off the property. Um, I had some time to plan. Um, I had a good year, uh, year and a half to plan the move, um, which is, was very necessary. Uh, I also did a rebrand cause it was a very good time to rebrand. Um, so we moved, um, and, uh, it was a process, but it, it was a team effort. I had a vision that's the most important. Whenever you're moving, you have to have you have to have different levels of vision. And when I say different levels, you have to have a vision for a month down the road. You have to have a vision 
six months down the road. And you have to have a vision that's going to be the ultimate like finish. So, mm -hmm. you know, two or three years after the move, this is what I want the store to look like. And I had a vision and everybody knew what my vision was. That's very important. So when we moved and we moved into this warehouse, we literally, we closed the store on the old property on a Tuesday night at eight o'clock and we opened Wednesday morning at nine o'clock in what will be our new warehouse. And it looked like a warehouse. And I, we brought our desks back, we brought some old displays in, and our customers had to walk down this little cobblestone path. There were some older customers that would have a hard time. We would have a wheelchair for them, you know, and we thought I was gonna be there for six months, but we were there for a year and a half. Um, things happen in construction, we all know that. It was a really big job. Um, it was originally a loading dock. You're turning it into a retail showroom. Wow. And um, I have to tell you, the customers came and supported us, and I so appreciate that. And any time I know a customer has come back to our new showroom and they have bought when we were in the warehouse, I, I can't thank them enough for supporting us during that time. And, and it was amazing. I mean, I look back, I can't believe it. But having the vision, having the plan, having the support from my team, and also the support of the manufacturers, because it was a big undertaking, and they all had a play in it, because we were all making those manufacturers, you know, had their own story to tell in my showroom. Mm -hmm. um, the showroom is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And I'm proud to say that there are people that come from all over the country who have heard about our showroom. They want to come and see it. Yeah. Oh, I know, because you hold chamber events there, which are fantastic. You, tell us a little bit about how the design of that showroom works. I, I remember the first time I walked in there, I was like, wow, <laughs> that's really incredible. Well, it's all <laughs> it's all about the five senses. Okay, you're going to help me out with this. So I don't think the touch, the feel, the, you know, the the look, the, the, the smell, I think. There's taste. One, and the right. taste, okay? <laughs> so all the five senses are, are that mm. start your design. And um, and then the other thing about retail um, is your customer always goes to the right. Oh, really? Yes. I did not know that. When he walks in the showroom, I know I do, but right. I didn't know everybody else did too. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. So you would plan, you know, you know your path, and um, so beautiful lighting, most important, um, so that the products look great. Wide aisles. Uh, so mm -hmm. that people coming in with baby carriages, they're not struggling and, and products are not looking on top of each other. Um, we have, you walk by um, fairly quickly as you go to the right, um, a beautiful, what we call the Mrs. G's Community Kitchen, which is where we do a lot of the live cooking demonstrations and, um, and for events. And... Um, you know, it's just the music is good. It's always, you know, good music. Um, and what else? So it smells good and looks good. Yeah. I know as you walk around, you kind of have like, it's almost like a, like they're moving into different kitchens and different styles yes. and different feels. So like if I'm a, if I'm like, I'm going to go read the, it's not just an appliance store. If I'm going to redesign my kitchen, you can get some, I can come in and say, oh, wow, these are different right. styles completely. I mean, right. there, it, it, you, as you go around, it's a very different Right, right, right. Feel. So depending on each manufacturer, we'll have, you know, their vignette and and we 
bring in kitchens so you can visualize them, kitchen cabinets, so you can really visualize them in in the cabinet. And I have people that come in and they they're they're hanging around the store because they're looking at different ideas, right. trying to visualize. Oh, I like the way this is set up here for my house, you know, because mm -hmm. there's very very different. Yeah, so it's it's nice. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. <laughs> That was all planned. And that I was guess. all planned. Was I designed it? I designed <laughs> it. Um, I went to a lot of different stores, very successful independent uh, retailers around the country, oh. to see what works um, <laughs> and what I would like. Uh, and uh, and I took all those the knowledge. There was one down in Florida, out of Tampa, famous Tate's, who who great family run business, and I love the way he had all of the um, the. Uh, sales staff desks in the front, right? Um, so that when you walk in, you don't see them. You don't. Oh, you don't. When you first walk in, because they're all along the front, so you walk mm. into the in the store, and you can see them as you walk around. But when you first come in, they're all in the back. You see my desk when you come in, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but um, it, it, and so got ideas, you know, from there. Um, Big George out of Michigan, um, in Ann Arbor, another great independent um, appliance retailer, apt in Chicago. I mean, I really walked around all these stores, these great, great independents, and uh, and, and of course, I knew a lot of the owners. So right. you know, chatting with them and what do you think and. Yeah. So I think things change, right? So they must have given you ideas like, well, if I'd done it again now, exactly. right? Because obviously once you do it, it's kind of hard to change yes, it, right? Yes, yes, so. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so what would you have done differently? So what's, what are some things you learned from them? They said, hey, this is something I might have done differently if I hadn't, uh, if I had it to do again, Well, right? no. So one of the things that I did, I did well, I did now, yeah. now I've been in there for, I've been in the new showroom now. Right. It'll be three, three maybe four years, right. um, coming up uh, in August. And so one of the first things I did is I had this beautiful wall of um, that I wanted to do for refrigerator filters. I, you know, a, a lot of our customers come back to get their refrigerator filters. But I found that that was a really waste of, of space in mm -hmm. my beautiful showroom, right. that the filter should be in the back. Okay. Let the customer, maybe, maybe that customer coming in for a filter let them walk through the showroom. So maybe like put the milk see. in the back of the grocery maybe, store. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll see a grill that they wanted or something like that. So um, so th those are things that I I have changed. Now that is a beautiful Samsung display. Um, okay. So um, but I would say mo um, um, most of it is uh, the way I left it. You know, way I right. designed it. And uh, it's beautiful. But you now we're switching. Events. You hold big events there we're now. Big events. But yeah. you know, now I can't believe it. We only really keep showroom pieces for two and a half to three years. Okay. So we've been switching out all these appliances that are in the built-in. You know, right. And uh, ooh, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. I mean, the, the, the core stuff, you know, the washer right. dryers, they're always switching. Right, you right. know, But uh, the stuff that are built-ins into those beautiful displays, mm -hmm. They, we're now switching them out to new products, you know. Okay, new well, products. things do change, right? Yeah, as we they know. do. So. Yeah. Well, Debbie, thank you so much for coming on uh, again and updating us. I hadn't realized it had been so long. It's great to I see did, you on the yeah. show again. Um, but, yeah, you've been listening to Debbie Schaefer and um, Mrs. G's. She took us to a wonderful journey. Um, this is uh, Master Your Finances, and I am Kurt Baker. I can be reached at 609-716-4700, or um, you can listen to this podcast and all the podcasts we have at masteryourfinances.us. And remember that together we can master your finances so you can enjoy financial peace of mind.